from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen This that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution This is change to what the game is used to doing This is all about that dark and light contrast Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast Welcome, everybody, to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. I'm joined here with G-Rock. Before we get into the show, just want to give everyone a big thanks all around the world for all the subscribers and all the rates, reviews, all that good stuff. Thanks for following us on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. Thanks for following us on YouTube at Fight for Wednesday Night. We appreciate all the support. Thanks, guys. Welcome back, Wednesday Night Warriors. We appreciate you guys hanging with us for another week. And we hope you're doing well. I know we're... We're hanging in tough over here, trying to just maintain, but uh, this week made it a little bit easier now that we have two shows Definitely. that we can actually yeah. cover, so. We got double the fun tonight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> finally, finally. I don't know what was up with last week, but this week was uh, was pretty good. It's pretty good. Definitely. I, I think we should get into NXT because it's been, what, two weeks since we were able to really talk about NXT Pr- pretty and much. Pretty much, so, pretty much. let's get into NXT. I actually think that this was a good show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think uh, this was better than what I expected. Honestly, I thought we were gonna get uh, a Raw and SmackDown type show where we may get a couple of matches and we get a whole bunch of clips and so did I BS from the past. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't. They actually put a legit show. And I mean, under the circumstances, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good, and also something that was nice was the change of scenery. We're back in full sail, because it's funny how the change of scenery was the name that the Last podcast, podcast that yeah. where, where they went to the Performance Center, yeah. well, that we know the WWE just went full Performance Center for like the last couple of weeks due to everything that's going on, so it was nice to see a show that was based outside of the Performance Center, and it fit the show, because it was like a different vibe, but had a different look, so it didn't feel like business as usual for WWE. Yeah, it was pretty cool, because it felt like a a studio show, a little similar to NWA, uh, because they 
putting the curtains over where the seats w- would usually be, yeah. which I thought was was great. I mean, when you show the seats, you're just so you're showing emptiness, uh, and it just doesn't look right. And that's uh, what they've done in some of the other shows. I know, especially with Raw and, and SmackDown, it just don't look good. Yeah. But with this, it was suiting, and they finally adjusted the camera angle, so yeah, you were front so and center, just like AEW. The, the stage. Yeah, yeah. And something else I appreciate about this show, um, before we kind of dive into it, was. Um, I, I did like that we got to see some different names and faces, um, mm-hmm. some new and some we don't see often. So under these circumstances, it's pretty cool to see a little bit. Again, like you said, change of scenery, yeah, change of faces. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of the roster who probably couldn't make it because of everything that's going on, travel bans, everything. Yeah, and there's, there's, so, some, there's some guys and, and some women that will jump at the opportunity because they, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, this is definitely, like, an opportunity for people to make a name for themselves, being that the roster is very depleted. Now, speaking about opportunity, we had two qualifier matches for this women's ladder match that is supposed to be a takeover, which now we find out it's going to be trickled every week. It's now NXT TakeOver USA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a weekly takeover, Uh, so that's going to be very interesting. But um, we did get a, a interesting situation, I would call it. Because we got Aaliyah versus Xylee, which I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Another broken nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? Speaking of that, so this was my double F of the moment, uh, or at least my double F of the show. Yeah. Where they kicked off this matchup by showing clips of the broken nose which i'm not mad yeah, about that's fine that, that they have a past history they have a past history it happened you know it, it was ugly in the ring but what i didn't like was they showed her backstage which seemed like very real footage mm-hmm. very real emotion and it's just her crying not wanting to be there t- saying that she wants to go home yes now something that i said when we saw that was first of all why the hell did they show that i don't know it would be fine to show, like, medical team, like, working on her yes. nose, like, show that she really got hurt. But for her to be crying, I want to go home, definitely show that she doesn't have the heart. Now, the first thing I said, I'm not trying to compare her to John Cena, right? Of all people, like, John <laughs> Cena and Aaliyah, That's right? Polar opposites. <laughs> yeah. But, like, John Cena broke his nose and went 25 minutes with Seth Rollins afterwards. Aaliyah breaks her nose and they show her crying saying she wants to go home. That shows me she doesn't have the heart for this. This is not ballet. That's the old cliche for professional wrestling. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get injured. The average wrestler has multiple broken noses in their career and you're crying that you want to go home. Now, here's the deal. I got a couple things to say on that. One is we could go down the list of every male, female who had matches with broken noses, broken arms... Cracked ribs. I mean... Kurt Angle with a broken, broken freaking, freaking neck. neck. <laughs> Not just a neck, a freaking neck. Yeah, we got to throw that one in there. So, I get it. And... You know what? Whatever happened, happened. But I just don't understand, from their point of view, how do they benefit from showing that video? Because it doesn't look good on anybody. It doesn't look good on them, and, th- and sure as hell don't look good on her. Definitely doesn't look good on her. Without a doubt, don't look good on her. I mean, from seeing that, I would think, she's on the chopping block. Like... I don't know how she even had a job after that, but to even show I'm, that, it just, it was pointless. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. If I'm watching that, to be honest, I don't think that was like scripted. I don't think that was a part no, of the character. No, that, that's that, what I'm that saying. Was, it wasn't. That was a real video of her saying that. So why show that? Because here's the deal. If that was scripted, like, what would be the point of that? 
She's not even a face to to say like, oh, she's trying to gain sympathy. Like, oh, it really hurt. Which first of all would be a fucking terrible angle. Yeah, but that's not even the case. Like, I don't know. I thought maybe like the only reason why they showed that was to possibly show that she's very superficial. Like, oh my god, my nose is broken, and like she's coming out trying to look good. I don't know. It, it didn't. It, just, it did. It didn't convey that to me. If in my head I have to reach for her, why are they doing this? Then they probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So I mean. That one really got me. I, it, it was preposterous as to uh, why they would do that. You know, I'm, I'm bringing out the big words here. That's how much I, I felt it. Spell <laughs> it, smart guy. Yeah, <laughs> let's not do that. That's this is not the spelling bee podcast. All right, this is a fight for Wednesday night. So hold up there, buddy. But anyway, it didn't start off on a good foot for this matchup, and then we get this twist where Zaylee's supposed to come out and she doesn't, and. We find out that something happened to her in the back. Apparently, something with her knee. Now they're alluding to maybe Aaliyah attacked her. I'm uh, guessing that was their reason for showing that piss poor segment. But I'm not buying it. I don't think it was necessary. They could have just shown. Honestly, they could have showed the whole clip in mute. I wish I was deaf. Like just show her bleeding and what happened with the kick, and that's that. And then you already let me know that there's obviously a gripe from months ago, and maybe she has something to do. With this uh, backstage attack, I know she's aligned with uh, what's her name? That that other wrestler, um, we hardly see her. Aaliyah is aligned. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can't. It's remember. been so long. She doesn't. It wasn't barely... Tainara. No, was, no, no, um... no, no. I forgot. She looks kind of like. A... It's been so long that. Yeah, I, I forgot. Oh, I don't know. sorry, you're easily forgettable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, it's not worth remembering, yeah. right? Fuck it. Uh, you know, so maybe I'm assuming that it probably was her attacking yeah. her fine and dandy but what was awesome the the fucking silver lining to this was we got the return of Io Shirai now I just want to mention because we got the return of Io Shirai and it didn't result in a match with Aaliyah versus Zia Lee why did you even do anything with Zia Lee I think that you could have just said Aaliyah is going to have a mystery opponent or Aaliyah is going to have her qualifier mm. match and then have it be Io Shirai involving Zia Lee and then something that happened four months ago really made no sense to me if we didn't get a match right then and there and I really, I really think that this is one of those things where they had to get Zia Lee out of the match so they allude that she got attacked backstage. But I don't think it's something that they're going to be playing on a weekly basis. Oh, now Zia Lee's looking well, for Aaliyah. Like, dinner. That's exactly what I was going to mention. Is that are they really going to go somewhere with this? Like, I don't, why, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Zia Lee did not even have to be there. Yeah, yeah. And all right, before we get into Io Shirai, I don't know if you remember, but two weeks ago when NXT actually had a show. They mentioned that this week, the qualifying match would include Mercedes Martinez. No, I don't and remember that. It was Mercedes Martinez versus, I But think, it does sound familiar. I think it was going to be Zia Lee versus Mercedes Martinez. They switched it to Aaliyah, so that was a little... Well, I, I, I okay, I can understand. I'm going to give them a complete no, pass I on that because why of the they, situation and yeah. people not being able to travel and whatnot and so forth. That's I get cool. it. I get it. I was a little disappointed that we didn't see her. I don't know the situation, so I'm not mad at them for that, but... Already, I was already like, damn, we're not seeing Mercedes. Because we didn't see much of her even when there was traveling. Yeah. And I was excited to see her. Now, with, like I said, with Io Shirai being the opponent here, I don't see why they need to have the whole Zia Lee story take place. It yeah, just I don't know. That didn't, that didn't make too much sense to me. But I was very happy to see Io Shirai back. Yeah, exactly. Fan. Exactly. I'm a big fan as well. I was singing her praises before she got hurt. Like I said, I saw this sense of confidence with her mm-hmm. where, like I, I even mentioned, like it reminded me of Ray Phoenix when he comes into the ring. It's just like, he's like just a, a master of, of the ring. Like this is yeah. his domain. And I was sort of seeing that same 
feel from Io Shirai. I mean, just the way that she would just control that ring and her awareness is just phenomenal. And just athletically what she can do. Like, I am I am very high on Io Shirai. So I was excited to see that she returned. She's healthy. She's back into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the women's division in NXT is, is great. But adding her just bolsters it so much. And especially in a time of need right now. Yeah. Where, you know, we don't know who's going to show up, who can travel, who can do what. Um, to see her, get her involved is just fucking awesome. And the fact that she's a part of this... Uh, uh, ladder match. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we know what she can do, and we saw her in the past in the ladder match with um, uh, Mia Yim. Yeah, that was phenomenal. What she did at um, War Games, War Games, doing is the fucking off from the top, exactly phenomenal. So my my only thing is like she's just coming back from an injury, mm, yeah. throwing her into a ladder match and expecting her to do crazy things. It's a little. Yeah, uh, but here's but, the deal: is that it's going to be probably for a couple of weeks, right? Because they got one more. They announced that we got one more qualifier. I think that they are taping shows this month. I mean, this week for the next couple. So it is. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Yeah, they are taping it in advance. So just in case anything is shut down, they need to have a show. So fuck it, go balls to the wall, and you have all this time off. You know what I mean? Why not get injured again? You're going to home anyway. Fuck it. But yeah, Io Shirai definitely is a great comeback because every time we mention that the women's division in NXT so strong, Io Shirai is one of the names that we always brought up. She's definitely in like the top five if you have a ranking system. Yeah. So it's definitely nice to see her back and the right person went over the only thing personally i, w- I would say is I-, I wish that she had some sort of mouthpiece because i think that would transcend her to that next level I it's very difficult so um when you're not able to to talk i mean hey, don't get me wrong too is that she's almost like a nakamura where just body language even her entrance she connects very well mm-hmm. um she's very eccentric so you can kind of get away with that but i just don't want to see that hold her back and we see what we does with uh you know some of these gaijins and it's not it's not pretty so that's my yeah. only thing but if she stays in NXT, I mean, she's she's a top star. I couldn't agree more. We also got another women's division qualifying match for this for the ladder match qualifier. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of words there. But yeah, we got uh, Caden Carter versus Candice LeRae. Now, I love Candice LeRae. I think that she is a wonderful wrestler. I just think that there needs to be more of a Candice LeRae character and less of a Candice LeRae as Johnny Gargano's girlfriend or wife character because from the entrance alone her song is very similar to his it's like a remix version yeah. of rebel heart her moveset's very similar to his she's pulling out his finisher for the win it's like come on like i know before you came to wwe you had your own identity because i followed your career beforehand and then now you're here and you're just so this is really intriguing to me because i'm on the same boat as you i don't like that um you know especially when you talk about a women's revolution I don't want to see them walking in the same path as as their significant other, as their yeah. spouse. Because I know damn straight you're not going to see the the reversal, right? Like I said, unless your name is Mike Canellis. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, like, Giant Gargano does, like, a move, and then Mar- Morrow's like, Oh my god, Shades of Kinsler Ray! Like, <laughs> I, I, just, I, don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. It's not happening, alright? So, I, I yeah, I, I don't like that. But it also makes me think, is this a WWE thing? Because we saw it with the Bellas, we saw it with Brie. She started adopting um, Cena's like it's oh no no um, Brie Brie yeah uh, uh, Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan's like moveset, moveset, even the the, the flannel the flannel and, and the same, the same thing, thing with Nikki she had like the hat, the hat and, the and all shorts, that other jazz yeah. you know so we'll, we'll see that but I'm wondering because like you said you know she had a previous identity and now it's just like 
Well, I guess if you don't, if you're sort of bland, it's like, oh, hey, why don't you do what you know Johnny Gargano's doing? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's I don't... also kind of bland. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not the most you know <laughs> blind leading the guy. blind over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong. I love Johnny. You know, yeah, Johnny yeah. wrestling. Me but too. Me as too. a character, it's same thing. Like I, it's my same feeling as as Roddy. Now Johnny, I think is a, probably two steps above Roddy. Roddy's a fucking phenomenal wrestler, but like I said, I don't want that mic anywhere near that motherfucker's hands or mouth. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want him talking. Exactly. We've exactly. seen that tonight. We'll get there. But, exactly. Yeah. I'll watch his matches on mute, and I, I think it's phenomenal. I'll have fun watching it on mute, but. I don't, don't want to see his, his lips mouth. move on you either. Like, <laughs> put a piece of tape on your mouth, go out there. Yeah, it was, it was a little cringeworthy. The things that he was saying, it was Austin Theory, you know. I, and this is this is one of those tricky things during these these times when you have an empty arena. We hear everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you kind of have to well, be... Matt Riddle, by the way. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Matt Riddle. Um, anyway, yeah, back to... Back to... Cancel the Back to the point. Yeah, six stages off of topic here. Um... Yeah, so I don't know if that's a WWE thing where they kind of just push that, but I do want to see more of a character because she is more talented than her character is. Yeah. And this nice girl thing, it's kind of like Bailey, and, and we saw what happened with that, right? That didn't even have a good stretch run in the main roster, and obviously Bailey had to turn heel to spice things up. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a path that leads to... You know, a wall, basically. Yeah. For... And it was too... I'm sorry. I, I know you got something to say, Daniel, but, you know, tonight, at the, Tom Phillips even mentioned it about how some of her fans, and I'll be one of them, that says she's too nice. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Unless you really capitalize on that, like, what's the fucking point, you know? I'm going to give our listeners some homework, okay? Oh, okay. All Everybody right. find a way to watch PWG Guerrilla Warfare match, The Young Bucks versus Joey Ryan and Kansas LeRae. I'm sure it's on YouTube. It's definitely on YouTube. Watch that match. Couldn't just tell him that? You had to give him homework to find it? <laughs> well, Dick! <laughs> well, f- the homework is to watch the damn oh, match, oh, right? Oh, oh, not to find yeah. it? Oh. No. I, the homework is not to find me a piracy website where I can get PWG. <laughs> <laughs> and then send it to me. Yeah. You know, just drop in my DMs because you know, I need something to do and watch. Yeah, come on. We're all quarantined here. Yeah. <laughs> Help a brother out. No, but definitely watch that match and then just watch Cancel Rate. She really has a character in that match, and she really developed into something special in PWG because of that match. Mm-hmm. That's the Ken Slavery I want to see in NXT. Because I've seen that in NXT, we kind of get that, like, the stereotypical WWE person. Well, indie star comes to WWE has to, like, tone it down a little bit or turn the volume down. Mm-hmm. The character that she had in PWG is not the character that she has now, and I kind of miss the Ken Slavery that we've seen beforehand. All right, we'll drop drop it in the request box for NXT. We'll see if uh, I'll see what they think. We know AEW's listening, but what about you? <laughs> yeah, trips? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think so. I, don't, I think they fall on deaf ears on our podcast. But nonetheless, this was this was a, a quality match, though. Katie yeah. Carter is uh, a good wrestler, mm-hmm. um, unique style. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, she's small and feisty and very uh, athletic, so it was good. Um, Candice obviously gets over, but now my question is. Who do you think is going to be that last finalist winner of this match? Now, because there's a couple of interesting there's ones. There's a couple of interesting ones. If I could speak personally, I know when Tegan won, I said it'd be really smart to add Dakota in this. Now, I know we're sort of trying to look past that and get over it. And God knows how any of the listeners on this podcast, they understand my feelings on the whole Tegan and Dakota thing. But it would be a nice segment in the match where they come face-to-face at some point and with their past history. So, But that's not even my pick, though. 
my pick will be Dakota Kai because I think that because of everything she, what I just said. Yeah, for everything <laughs> you just said, but also for the fact that I think Dakota Kai needs that win mm. because so she true. she's been losing. And I'm talking about the win in the ladder match. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. She yeah, wins yeah. the qualifier and then actually wins the ladder match because it will be redemption for all the losses that she has. Now, mm. you lost against almost everybody on that roster, and now in one shot, you beat them all in one match. So it's like redemption. You get your revenge on everybody, and you get a title shot in the, picture, in the same time. So it's like killing two birds with one stone. You kind of start building her stock back up, and I don't see no problem with that. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. And I, I, I like that idea. I That makes complete sense to me. I love it. My only problem is the direction that they've been going with her. And Oh, no. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right that's now. what I'm like, saying. <laughs> but here's the deal. Even if she yeah. was, though, even if she yeah. was, she's probably going to get the help of, um, what's her, I, you know, my mind is completely Raquel fucked. Raquel Gonzalez, yeah. yeah. Raquel G- Gonzalez. This is what happens. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you skip a week on me in NXT, all right? Yeah, we when you give everything. me a documentary show... I fucking lose it all. I just forget. If you're not Gargano and Ciampa, I don't know. Who I don't you know are. who you are. All right, you gotta you reintroduce yourself. All right. <laughs> no, I completely. I'm fucking yeah. having brain farts over here. So yeah, Raquel Gonzalez. Granted, she's new, so I'll grant myself immunity for messing that one up. All right, I'll pardon myself. It's only been like two months. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you know, and she hasn't really had a match. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like. They would still incorporate her because why not? You know what I mean? She's and been... I think that's a spot where she should be incorporated, you know? Like, yeah, but here's the, the only whole... problem is that you've been doing that. And that's the only reason why. So everything you just said would would kind of diminish because Dakota wouldn't be getting this big grand victory on her own where it's like she looks strong. No, she's still going to get the help of the big woman behind her. Well, it's like typical heel, like the bodyguard helps. But you know what the thing is? I, at this point, to a degree, I though. at this I mean, point, I don't care how she wins. She just needs to start she winning. Just needs that win. yeah, like I, mean, I don't care if she pulls out a gun and says, "Hey, lay down." Right, you're I'm pushing it. You know, what right. you're you're really pushing it there. <laughs> all right, all right, Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> take it easy. But you know what? I wanted to say my pick personally is Shotzi Blackheart. I just I love Shotzi Blackheart. There's just so much to her that I just that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. I think she's a very unique character. I've sung her praises on the previous podcast. If you want to hear it. Go back. I can't tell you when to listen to them all. But, <laughs> you know, I'm really big on Shotzi. And I would love to see her get an opportunity. I, uh, when she was involved in the qualifier match, I believe it was against Chelsea Green, which was yeah. fucking terrible to me. I think that me. was the first qualifying That match. was the very yeah. first qualifying match. And I was so enraged because Chelsea Green is not at that level. Chelsea Green's very green. Exactly. That's what I said. You know, what is uh, yeah. funny, right? But, um... Now, Shotzi, and Shotzi's, Shotzi's green as well, but in the hair, though. Yeah, but all jokes aside, <laughs> no, no, she, no. she is a little green as well. But the thing is, Shotzi Blackheart... No, I mean, in comparison to no, Chelsie Green, though? I'm talking about... No fucking I'm talking about way. in general. In general. Not, not, really. not in comparison. She... I think she has, like, some more learning to do, but I think that she's light I mean, years but don't above we all. the I mean, women. Exactly, but that's and what think, I'm saying, though. Yeah, like, there's a higher ceiling for Shotzi Blackheart. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think just as a character, I think this is somebody that needs to start being pushed a little bit in that division mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have many characters. We say that time in, time out. And that's on on both. Is Uni okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Popping bones over here. Bone crushing action. <laughs> anyway. Um, Yo. All right. Your, your arthritis threw me off. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Oh, so what I was saying was, um, yeah, there's no characters, all right? Yeah. We were saying that from from just the NXT's pr- perspective for male and female, there's very little characters. Mm-hmm. So here's a here's a here's a, 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 a woman who has a character, has a great entrance, and like I said, maybe you're a little less on it, but I love her wrestling ability, and I say, why not? Why not? Because you're just gonna probably play out Dakota again. So I rather fuck that. Let's move forward and onward and add Shati. And I'm not saying that Shati should win, but, but I think that she have would have a big position. a big moment and give her a spot. You know what I mean? That's I mean, just me. I'm throwing it out there. I'm spitballing here. I mean, Shati like. wins. I, I'm definitely happy with it too. So, All right. All right. So at least we can agree on that one. Moving onwards. Yes. Back to Roddy Strong, right? Yes. We had a, a match between Roderick Strong and Matt Riddle that... I don't know. I think you said you saw it announced on Instagram. I don't think I saw it announced until like the show. Well, one right? of our one of our great uh, uh, followers put it up, and uh, that's how I found out. Yeah, because that's definitely a match I think you should promote because those are two like incredible wrestlers. Yeah, it totally it totally went by me. Like I like I said, if 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 one of our if one of our guys did not put it up on Instagram, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, so as soon as like the match graphic came on the screen, I was extremely excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time they went one-on-one in NXT. I'm not sure if they went one-on-one outside of NXT, but I was excited because this is the first time I'm seeing it. Yeah. Now, right off the bat, like we said, Roddy needs to shut up. Oh, God. No one's there. Uh, on the way to the ring, it's just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going <laughs> to beat you. Watch what I get in there, bro. I'm like, gosh, man. Yeah. Here's a guy where he has <laughs> oh, all- very funny. <laughs> he did yeah, that a lot. Yeah, he like, did that a lot. Here's a guy who has all the talent in the I know, world, man. I know. It kills but, me. It fucking kills me. Because I've been a fan of so, yeah. I've been a fan of his for so long, and I've been singing his praises for so long. But you said something that was very important. He's like the gatekeeper. He was the gatekeeper of ROH, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what's going to happen. If he didn't have undisputed error, that's probably what he's going to end up being in, in NXT. Well, yeah, and he even already was year, though. He kind of is like, but I, he was and still is. Yeah, like. because before before the undisputed error, Roderick Strong was really like just like floundering in the roster, and yeah. now he's just floundering with a group. Well, because here's the deal: is the the level of talent and 
and by talent, I mean in-ring performances mm-hmm. in NXT is raised than, say, ROH or most indies, where he's going to stand yeah. out significantly. Where here, I still think he's he's a cut above most, but the difference is less. You understand? Yeah, I, I don't so you can't see get away him, with just that. Undisputed Era breaks up, I don't see him being the breakout star. No, not at all. Not at all. And I mean, he would have to like, have a hell of a mouthpiece. And look there really at, isn't very, very many out there for NXT. Yeah, look at the Undisputed Ever. So they all had uh, title belts, but Roddy was the last to get his, and he was the first yeah. to lose his. Good point, good point. That's like, very telling to me, because yeah. I thought as soon as he lost his, I thought they're all losing theirs, right? But it was like two weeks later, Fish and O'Reilly lost, and then Cole still has his belt. So I'm going to come back to something that we mentioned uh I think it was two weeks ago in uh, in the last podcast when NXT actually had a show. Uh, I mentioned about Velveteen Dream, right? And I said how he's young and I'm not sure. When we thought the NXT was actually going to have an actual show and it right before WrestleMania and when life was normal. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd be ready to, to headline that with Adam Cole. Um, but I did mention how I'm a big fan of Velveteen Dream. And I said that he was already ahead of the curve. And I said that specifically because of his character and his charismatic uh, ways that he has the hardest part down. And this is this is what I'm talking about. Look at Roddy, where he has all of the wrestling ability in the world. And like I said, in my opinion, is one of the best in the world that's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're never going to hear him in anybody's like top 10 list, even probably top 20. He probably gets skipped. But if you watch his body of work for... From the beginning, from his ROH days all the way to NXT, he hardly ever... i never seen him had a bad match until it was at Velveteen Dream 1. Yeah. And that was really upset me because here was two guys that I really love, and it just looked terrible. Now, I understand Velveteen was just coming back. I get it, but I expected Roddy to maybe carry that match a little yeah. bit better. But nonetheless, that was the only fucking match, only one match I've ever seen in probably the past like 10 years of his body of work where I could say, oh, that was a bad night. Other than that, you know what you're going to get. Like, this yeah. guy's a fucking guarantee. He's a guarantee. He's like a wrestling machine. It's like, you know, you have Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, but you also have Roderick Strong, you know, the Messiah the Backbreaker. He's just fucking phenomenal. But that's all he'll ever be. And this is why he'll get skipped on those lists and while he overlooked because he doesn't have the fucking character and he can't talk. And that that's why I think it was best suited when he was in Ring of Honor when they put Truth Martini with him because... Oh, love that. Love that. Yeah, because Truth Martini, come on, there's not many better talkers than truth he was oh, a great man. character and then you align him with somebody who has no character wrestling talent yes there's god-given athletic ability to yeah. guys but wrestling moves and having a good match could be could be taught well that, that's what i was saying that's character, what i was saying with, with velveteen like yeah having that's a gonna great come. character and, 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 excuse me, don't get me wrong again again because somebody say oh you like velveteen <laughs> shut the fuck up Velveteen is a really good wrestler. Yeah. I'm just saying he was just not at that level of Adam Cole, but that is all yeah. teachable. Exactly. And the point that I'm trying to to back that up is charisma, that's God-given. You're born with you it have or you're it or you not. Don't. Yeah. Simple as that. You can't just learn charisma. <laughs> like, look at guys like The Rock. Like, JR yeah. said that when he had his meeting with uh, Dwayne Johnson before he was The Rock, before he signed him to the WWE, he knew... That this guy was just oozing charisma just from their meeting. They were having like lunch and then like witches was coming over. He's like winking at them and he was like, oh, come over. So like he was drawing attention and JR was like, yo, this guy's going to be a star. He already had that charisma. It wasn't, yeah. oh, it took three years in WWE that taught him, oh, I got to be a character. No. <sighs> you know what I mean? 
So Roderick Strong at this point, because I've been watching Roddy since I seen him first in like TNA in like 2005, right? And then going back, yeah. So yeah, I've been watching ROH. You mentioned PWG on this one. Now yeah, we're mentioning Roddy's TNA, been in all, right? But in all honesty, from the moment I've seen him from way back in the day, which was what like 20 A years Wednesday. ago, <laughs> yeah, right. But, all this time, like I never seen anything different than just a great wrestler. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that that was my point, you know. Yeah, he's a great wrestler, but that's all he's gonna be, and that's unfortunate. And then you look at his opponent, Matt Riddle, yeah, who is a really good wrestler. I think that there's some things that he could like tighten up. Yeah, but he's a really good wrestler, but he also has a good character. Yeah, like yeah, this all this charisma. All, yeah, he has a lot of charisma, and whether you like his charisma or not, this whole stoner character is very him. So it's going to continue to. I don't even out. think. I don't, honestly, I don't even think it's a stoner character. I think it's just him. Like, yeah, that's he's just, just he's like a, a laid back wild guy. Like, yeah, he, I don't even know what you would consider him. Like, he's yeah, not like I don't know. I would think that he's like a laid back, like bro. But then he's also like off the wall and very arrogant. Out with but very slippers and kicking them off. And yeah, he even he even came out and he's like giving up uh, 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 um, pounds to the imaginary crowd. Like yeah. that's the guy he is. Like, well, we did learn from another show tonight that there's essence and spirits in the crowd. Yes. So maybe yes. he was doing it that. But, yeah, so you see the clear difference here. But let's get off the whole character. Let's go into the match. It was a really good match. And just like we expected, you don't expect anything less from these guys. They had a wonderful match. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly, if in my eyes, surprisingly, Riddle went over, um, which I'm not mad about. I think that's great. And it was a good match. I think it's interesting also. I want to point out that um, Pete Dunne apparently is stuck in the U.K., that fucking sucks, but yeah. you know, hopefully he's well. Uh, hopefully he's with family. Um, but yeah, this was a this was a really good match, and I'm surprised, like we said before, that this wasn't kind of promoted a little bit better. Yeah, because out of you know everything they had going on, there wasn't very much that you could really promote. I think so, maybe they're like kind of scared to really promote things just in case they have to like say, hey, there's no show this week, and you already promoted it, so maybe that's why. But I guess so. Definitely. But nonetheless, I really appreciated this match. This was a, a really good quality match. I was involved, um, like my investment, not me physically, uh, but, uh, triple threat. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was just, it was good to see NXT wrestling again. And this is what Mm -hmm. I come to expect. You know what I mean? Um, they always have good wrestling. And so it was cool that we got a really good match. And these two, I kind of figured that we were going to get that. Especially, like I said, last week, we didn't get anything, anything. Exactly. So this was just refreshing again to see the Good old Linux T that I remember from right? two weeks ago. <laughs> but like I said, you don't expect anything less when you see these two on a match. Yeah. So yeah, without a cool. doubt. Without a doubt. But the storyline here for me was this face to face with Gargano and Champa, which is very interesting because it involved Triple H. The game. Yes. The cerebral assassin, the King of Kings, yes. Thank you. Do you want to give his resume? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So, I thought this was a little interesting because this could go one or two ways. This could be really good, or this could be really cringeworthy because it did seem like from the get this was going to be Triple H playing the mediator role or the 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 daddy the, role. The <laughs> dean of discipline role yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, I'm giving you a fine, which I, ultimately I knew that something had to come from this bigger than that, but it, it was more like Triple H playing father and telling his two little kids like, "Hey, basically Basically, that's what it came down to. But you know what, though? This, I don't know. I actually, I liked it, though. I did like the segment. Um, 
I thought they did a good job for for what it's worth. Uh, like I like we mentioned before, Johnny's really not much of a talker. Any of you guys that believe that, please show me some evidence. De Niro gave you homework, so G Rock's gonna give you homework. If you believe that Johnny Gargano can actually talk, can cut a good promo, outside of that little vignette thing that he did with Finn Balor, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. All right, so when you're giving they... out homework, there's gonna be a lot of incompletes. Exactly. So with this, I don't know how this is gonna go. You know what I mean? This went okay. This went well. And I like the fact that he did play the heel side because Triple H told me, says, how much time do you need? Can you go now? No, 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 no. Yeah. Then he has to think about it. And he says, two weeks. So that's a good heel tactic. This, this came off as awkward to me. Now, I like, I like the segment overall. But there was just moments there where I just was very confused. So Triple H keeps on saying, this deserves to be on the grand stage. So I'm thinking yeah. they're going to put it on WrestleMania. Then no, we don't want it, right? That's then, what I was thinking. I thought and then okay, he you're says leading it, it to WrestleMania. But then he says it again. Yeah. A match like this deserves to be on the grandest stage. No. Alright, we're not going WrestleMania. Alright, we're going to do a big match here. He keeps on saying that this is the blow off, never going to happen again, right? So I'm thinking we're getting a big stipulation here. I'm thinking this is this could be the first NXT Hell in a Cell. This is probably going to be a loser leaves NXT. Yeah, this is where it went three south. stages of hell. It was. I'm going to find a venue, find a ring, and put a referee there, and you guys do what you do and finish it. Which is the current situation, right? Yeah. You have an empty venue with just a ring. So that I well, what he didn't say is, is I have to talk to the Florida governor and find out if there's any <laughs> venues available. And then we'll do it there. Yeah, this is the part that that it, it was a little awkward because I thought they were going to go with WrestleMania. Or, or because we're seeing that, that with WrestleMania, that they're going with these matches as being gimmicky matches outside of an arena. We saw the, the Boneyard swan. Yeah. We're going to get a theatrical thing with uh, the, the Fiend, Fiend and, yeah. and Cena. And so I thought, okay, hey, this is going to lead to a NXT parking lot match or something outside or a street fight where it's an actual street fight outside of the building you understand but then that wasn't the case he, he said everything that you just said and i was just like uh, really but 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 here's my thoughts is that because of what they did two weeks ago and they fucking just tore apart uh the performance center i think it's going to be something similar to that aspect and that makes me think that this will be a really good match. This will be a fun match. And of course, I mean, they're two of NXT's best. Mm-hmm. So I have hope in this, but the delivery could have been better. And where they were going was a little bit weird. Can I play Fantasy Booker for a second? Go for it. I honestly thought he was going to say that you guys can't be contained. Obviously, you guys destroyed the whole Performance Center. We have to cage you guys in. And I thought it was going to be... That's why I really thought... It was going to be the first ever that would have NXT been a angle. Hell in a Cell. That would have been the, the and angle. Hell in a Cell is known to be a feud ender. This is being talked about as this is the last time this match is happening. What's, what better way to blow it off than having the first ever NXT Hell in a Cell? And then if you put that on regular TV, talk about ratings. That would be... I can't even tell you if there ever been a Hell in a Cell on free TV. Maybe one on Raw back in the day, I think. But it was just like that was perfect. It was the situation for it. That's why I thought he... And then Triple H, he's been notorious for like 
saying Hell in a Cell matches. Like, he would always, like, have a big feud, and then he was, like, the Hell in a Cell guy. So I'm like, that's why Triple H is here and not William Regal. It's going to be Triple H saying because he's known for one of the legends of Hell in a Cell. Didn't so get it. I was talking to a... Well, I was chatting with um, a friend of, uh, of, of the podcast uh, on IG. Uh, his IG name is Winner Winner Jared Kenner. And he brought up something really good, and he said that he would like to sell this as a three stages of hell. And I thought that would have been that brilliant to me. I thought that we haven't seen re- that match in a long time. We haven't seen that in a long time. Like and this is this is sort of the third time around with them. Yeah. So you know, three being significant, and ultimately we would end up getting a cage at some point. That's what I thought. And I thought that'd be brilliant. But apparently they just want to do an empty building and rehash what they did two weeks ago. Now, the empty arena match used to be a big feud ender back in the day, but now when every match is an empty arena match, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, I like to give I like to give shout outs to brilliant ideas. I don't try to yeah. I don't try to just take people's ideas and put my name yeah. stamped on it. Because I didn't think of the three stages of hell. That's why I wanted to give <laughs> He's probably listening if you didn't. Yeah, you yeah. yeah Jared, if, if you're listening, you know, the great idea. I gave you credit. So that's that, you know, but I thought that would be a better way to go about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that would be something fun. And what better way now, considering that we don't have much and you probably have the time to do it because yeah. you're trickling out NXT week by week. So if you do a three stages of hell, that's probably a show in itself. Yeah. And then after this segment, we had a very random video is... of the debut of Killer Cross. Well, which, now, well, technically it's not a debut. It's, well, it was a vignette. And I, I was so confused. Like, how does this fit in with everything? Yes, and this is funny because week in and week out, I write in my notes to mention about Killer Cross because we have been getting these little vignette, the same one, week in and week out. And I haven't said it. I, you know, we talk, we talk so much shit here. <laughs> yeah. And so finally we get this tonight. And even though it intrigued me, it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because how is this really going to tie in? Like, I don't understand that. That's the only thing. Like, it really threw me for a loop. Because I get it. Maybe you want to put in a debut. You know, obviously we got uh, um, Io Shirai back tonight. They saw AW debut Debut two guys. guys, Yeah. So, I don't know if this was kind of pushed ahead. But I don't know. Like, uh, what's the fucking point? Like, how does that tie in? I have no clue. And I... I, I don't... And here's the thing. I don't want to see it tie in. I don't. Yeah. If this is a feud with one of them after this, fine. But I don't know how this ties in. But... And, and I have a feeling... Here's the deal. I... Uh, this is just a bad feeling because I know NXT... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. 
Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That next week, if we have a next week or whatever the show is, there probably won't be no mention of it. I don't think he's going to debut next week. I just feel like it's just going to be one of those things, and then we'll see it in a fucking three weeks from now. Along with Raul Mendoza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? right, right, from the kidnapping. Yeah. I don't know, man. But overall, I, I really did enjoy this NXT show. It was I nice to well. see them back. I did I, as well. Um, final thoughts, I wasn't a big fan of the the three-way promo between Lee, Dijakovic, and Priest. Mm. I feel like Priest is trying to come off as, like, intimidating, and then he He's says just... it was the least intimidating way. Like, I don't know, like, oh, I'll go in there right now, and then... Like, dude, you, you sound like, I don't know. Well, and then Dijakovic, he still sounds really awkward. Keith Lee drags everything out. Well, then, I am sorry for hitting. It was like, in, in, just in, fight, guys. In ring, they mesh well. Personality-wise, they clash. Exactly. Yeah. And Damian Priest is so generic. Like, here's the deal. I like him. I really do. But you could just tell he lacks creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, along with Dijakovic as well. Here's another guy that has no creativity. Along with half the roster as well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in, like more specific. I mean, come on, look at look at Damian Priest's attire, right? He's yeah. wearing he's wearing Diesel's pants, and he's wearing Scott Hall's jacket vest, yeah. vest. And then this whole Playboy gimmicky thing, like that's that's not unique. You know what I mean? And then listen to the words that he says. It is very like this is not 1984. You know what I mean? Like. Come on, buddy. But my whole thing is if you're going to say that promo, deliver it. And you're not delivering it. You're saying the words, but you're not There's no feeling or emotion. Yeah. yeah, because it's so bland. Like, this yeah. is not, it's not, I don't know. Like, is this really coming from him? Which I, I, I got to believe. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, somebody, hey, like you said, you either got it or you don't. He doesn't have it. He's a guy that would also qualify for a, a good valet or slash manager, somebody to, to talk from, because he has a size. Ring he's of got honor. the look. Yeah. He's got he in ring his ability is very good. But, you know, it's just Ring of Honor, they had Kevin Sullivan as his manager. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people need mouthpieces. But something I, I wanted to I want to say for my final thought was I think it was interesting we saw a little bit more personality from Austin Theory with his match with um, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze. But the only thing I didn't like was... So he brings out the cell phone, right? And he's mocking Tyler Breeze and he does the whole thing, which I thought was okay. But to me personally, it looks like a kid who's searching for his voice, searching for his thing, his mm-hmm. his his something he can grasp and make it his own. And if you're going to go with that, or you're going to try that cell phone thing, like it's been taken by Sammy G and I just hope he doesn't go on yeah. with this. You know what I mean? Because it, to me, it seems like every week he's like trying to find himself or he's trying to find that character, which yeah. apparently you have a, a, a roster filled with them trying to find their character. And here's another guy on that same ship. And I just hope he eventually finds it. Um, because like I said, you know, he's another guy that I, think so highly of and especially that he's young that you know he's a lot of opportunity but right now i i just want to point out that it's somebody who's obviously searching for that thing that they could put their name on claim the fame that gimmick or that item and i I don't know yeah I, i agree i think that 
the phone thing might just be because of the whole Tyler Breeze I hope thing. So. But yeah, when he grabbed the phone, it just became cringeworthy to me because he kept going and kept talking yeah, and he kept yeah. talking. If it was, was like, if it was a little brief, like yeah. you know, also like Sammy does every now and then, where he he, he kind of looks at it and and poses. And then if he would have just like he's trying to do a move with the phone in the same, like if he would have just picked much. up the phone, and be like, oh, this is a flash in the pan, and he turns around to the super kick, and then that's it. Yeah. It would be like fine. Yeah. But yeah, I think that he has all of the talent in the world. He Jeff he definitely needs a character. But yeah, NXT. Good show. I, I'm just glad they gave us a show. Yeah. It's better Any, than, anything better, is better than nothing, right? They were definitely better than last week, so, <laughs> yeah. hey. All right, let's get into AEW. Let's get to it. <clears throat> so, for this episode, it was it was interesting because they couldn't pull off what they did last week. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, right? With the wrestlers kind of being at ringside, which added a big dynamic in my eyes. Yeah, new rules. It, yeah. It, rules change every day in this new world. <laughs> Yeah, from one day to the next, you just don't know, and so, you know, you just adjust, right? But this one was interesting because a lot of people couldn't make it. You saw that in the commentary, right? It was Tony Schiavone, and you had Cody Rhodes kind of playing what Triple H was doing a couple of weeks ago, and wearing multiple hats, where he's wrestling and then going right back into the commentating booth. And we occasionally had Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. And he did the so. same thing. Wrestled. Had a fucking phenomenal match, which we're going to get into. Yeah. And then he goes right into the booth. So. I kind of wish they kept Kenny and less Cody, but. Yeah. yeah there was times. Well, yeah. Like, here's the deal. Like, You want to talk about it now? Let's talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So. I miss JR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like, here's the thing. There's a reason why they call him good old JR. And uh, we see that on this episode. Uh, one thing that you brought to my attention, I don't know, a couple of days ago, um, was about his colleagues' praise about how phenomenal his timing is when they go to break. Yeah, Excalibur was saying how when he did it himself, he was like, God, that's hard. Yeah, and we saw that moment in uh, the Darby Kip Sabian match where um, Cody kind of announced, like, he's talking, and then Tony uh, Schiavone says, Oh, we got to go to break. And then there's like a pause. They stop talking, but the match continues for a little bit. And then they're like, okay, well, I, I was just in the middle of the conversation. And then he goes back to talking and then boom, there goes the break. Yeah. I don't know if that was an yeah. error from TNT because they thought that they were on fight. Now, basically, if you live outside of the United States, you watch Dynamite on uh, Fight TV and Fight TV is commercial free. So they continue on with the broadcast. When we go to break, they're still talking, right? So... I don't know if TNT fell asleep at the wheel. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't that know was a very awkward was. moment, but JR would have made that so less awkward. And there was moments where Cody really shined, I think, throughout the night. Oh, definitely. His, his knowledge of wrestling in general well, is he, phenomenal. He, I mean, obviously... He pointed out that he, how much he loves wrestling, right? He's yeah, a wrestling he, nerd when it comes to it. He's the son of Dusty Rhodes. I would expect nothing less. Like, But what was intriguing because I was thinking about when AEW was first announced and Tony Khan said that he was going more sports-like, right? And I thought Cody's commentary was sort of that realm of sports-like when he's actually calling these moves and giving tips on it and yeah. what this guy could have done better. Oh, he should have pulled his his, his uh, hips back. He should have dropped his weight forward. <clears throat> it was very reminiscent of watching the UFC and hearing like Joe Rogan, who's an actual uh, martial art practitioner, knows mm-hmm. a lot. So he kind of really informs you on what's going on, on the on the, the nitty-gritty, you know, on the micro. Yeah. And that's what I felt with uh, with Cody at times that was really fun, but it also gave it that sports atmosphere. But it was also Cody kind of being Cody, and there's moments where he 
gives too much as Cody yeah. does. He he likes to talk. And so he kind of... He has knows, diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah. Okay. What did he spoil? He mentioned about... Lance um, Archer next Lance week. Lance Archer's debut uh, match. Now, I, I don't know if they were supposed to say that. I don't know if it he was trying to play it off. like it. But Shivani's face, as soon as he said it, was uh, like, uh, bro, okay. like, you weren't supposed to say that. Yeah, but, but I feel like just because of, of, of uh, Cody's role and him obviously being the boss, it's like, like well, what are you going to say? Want, like, right? what are you going to yeah. say to your boss? If, like, if Vince says something wrong on TV, you ain't going to be like, Vince, you weren't supposed to say that. It's yeah, like, you're not going to scold him, you know what yeah. I mean? But that's how I felt. I felt like, oh, well, we talked about this and this was supposed to be a surprise, like, throughout the week or whatever. Because no, yeah. here's the thing I was waiting for. I thought they were going to give a graphic, yeah. right? They would usually, if they announce something, they have the graphic. They yeah. give a graphic either then or sometime throughout the night, they'll remind you and say, oh, Next week we have, and they give that their dynamite theme song. Yeah. Dun, dun, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna redo it. <laughs> but then they'll put the graphic up and they'll show, hey, Lance Archer's debuting next week, and they yeah. didn't do that at all tonight. So they kind of showed me that Cody spilled. Not only, yeah, definitely. But not only that, I think my biggest par- problem with Cody is the fact that I really do think that he thinks that this is WCW, just for the fact that when he he would mention like WCW analogies, like that's this company like hey remember the first clash where like talk about clash of champions acting like it was from aw oh, I didn't, I didn't and then that. calling the world title big platinum because yeah. the wcw title was big gold. big gold yeah it was like a little he made a couple more analogies where he's like oh remember when this happened and it's like but that was another company now you could say remember when wcw had this or remember this is very reminiscent but he's saying it like it was for example, if WWE was saying, hey, remember when Mania 2, when they had the cage? Yeah. You're not yeah, going yeah. to say from another company's perspective, hey, remember when Mania 2 had the cage? I think that really you know just I mean? shows his mentality and his perspective and how he does see this as an extension of his father and extension of WCW, right? Because his father booked WCW and yeah. was such an in, in, inter, integral part of what that company was, especially early on. So yeah, it kind of like he showed his hand. Like I, 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 I preach this a lot. Like if if you let somebody talk enough, they'll tell you everything about them. Exactly. If you just listen, and that's the thing. This was a moment where we kind of snuck into Cody's brain, and we saw the way he views AEW. Now, obviously, all of his maneuvers and the things that he's done, and the bookings, and and just everything, it's very. WCW esque, right? Yeah, and we it's not that. a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because it's not like they're doing. Uh, what's called the Yeti. So, <laughs> or, or, yeah. I, I hope to God there's no Shockmaster, or there's no uh, um, uh, Viagra on a pole match. You oh know? well, no, <laughs> Russo's era of WCW is yeah, completely yeah, banned. Yeah. But no, but the thing no Robo Cop walking through. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, this is very reminiscent of Sting." And the yeah. thing is, like, that's it's cool and it's okay. It's just that it's a little too much. Now, here's the deal. Here's the point that I was trying to make, and I was going to make eventually because. This really showed brightly when Jericho came out at the end of the night, right? And was cutting that promo. You heard Cody and Omega talking while Jericho was talking. And Jericho's doing it without a mic. Which, by the way, I was going to bring up, but it's fucking phenomenal. I'm so glad they did that. I don't understand why... There's no point of a mic. What's the fucking point? If Who you're you in trying an empty, to talk to? Exactly. Yeah. If you're in an empty arena... And kudos to them because that's outdoors. So they kind of had to project a little bit more. Where, like, NXT is enclosed so mm-hmm. you could talk out loud and you would easily be able to hear it but here's my point is that he's talking he's talking without a mic open arena it's unprofessional you just don't talk 
over while somebody the, exactly. while the product is happening. And throughout the night, that's my my sentiment is that there is a lack of professionalism. Like Cody shows that he's still an amateur in this. You, you know, this is a lot at once. Mm-hmm. You know, he he kind of was thrust into, and I don't want to say thrust into it because it's obviously by choosing. But what he recognizes a lot, like there's a lot of responsibility and there's a lot that comes with this. And when you're still wrestler and still trying to be, what's his technical title? Uh, 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 CEO. EVP. EVP. Yes, yeah, thank you. Executive Vice President. Exactly. EVP. Thank you. Like that, that, that's a whole separate entity. You understand? Yeah. Like Triple H does it very well when he does behind the scenes and, you know, he's playing, you know, he's being that that boss role and then when he's on TV he plays that character and I sort of felt like Cody kind of struggles juggling both because mm-hmm. like obviously he spilled in my opinion and it would seem very obvious with the Archer thing and he made that you know him him and him and Omega talking like two friends just running a company you yeah. know what I mean and it just it didn't it didn't look too well to me it didn't, look it didn't too sound well, well actually in my opinion it didn't take too much from the show but it did definitely come off as like I miss JR. <laughs> yeah, now here's the deal. Don't get me wrong. Like Some of these aspects yeah. is why I love AEW. Mm-hmm. Because they're not the WWE. They exactly. are WWE's an too polished. Yes, yes. And they're too business. Yeah. And this is sort of like pull back the curtain, you know. And Like we saw with Jericho when he came out. He grabs the camera and he has a cameraman singing his song. Like that's cool. Because that's something fun. you would yeah. not see in the WWE. Like it's hardly ever we get to see that actual real life fun, right? Where anything can happen. I feel like with AW when I watch it, I think that anything can possibly happen. That everybody's not bounded by these rules and and keywords of what to say and what not to say. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, like he called, you know, the the belt big platinum. Now, that's one of Vince's pet peeves. Like you got to say title, you know, championship, championship yeah. right? It's not a belt. So it's like little things like that, like the little scrutiny, like we don't get that. And that's cool. But there is a sense of professionalism and Jericho being, you know, your top guy and he's talking and he's talking without a mic. And this is a big segment, a segment that you've been promoting. Shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. Just do your job quiet. Let him talk. And maybe in between in the silence, because you know the segment. So you could talk. Yeah. You probably booked it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my only thing. Throughout the show, we saw, you know, some highlights of Cody, which I thought added, you know, another layer to the show. But then you also saw the amateur, you know. You're not ready to run the business. But I I, I, I I agree. But like I said, I don't think it took too much away from the show. No, no, it didn't. Don't get me wrong. No, it didn't. It wasn't like, Cody, you ruined the whole show. Not at all. Not at all. This was a very good show. Mm -hmm. Again, they made the best out of what they had and it was very very enjoyable and it was really clear that they didn't have much yeah in my opinion yeah. because we didn't even see a females match on yeah. this we didn't i think was aubrey edwards the ref for every match i think maybe oh, paul turner shit. might have been in one other match yeah but yeah yeah paul turner was in one i yeah. i didn't see rick knox um is there even another referee? I think. Maybe well, think about it. We like, couldn't, and at this point, we can't even get a tag team match. Yeah, there's no tag right? matches. Right. Well, I mean, and this is a company that prides themselves on tag team wrestling, and we couldn't get that because Which, of the amount of people. I was going to bring that up later too, but something that was promoted was the uh, Tramperetta and 
Chucky oh, T right. versus the oh, Lucha I Bros. About that. I don't yeah. know if it's because of the production. Yeah, because of the the the, the limit. Yeah, there's a limit on how oh, many people I could mean, be in is, a setting right yeah, now. Yeah, this is. But this let, is let's get time. into the show because it was a really good show. <laughs> yeah. Now we finally got to see Brody Lee in this exalted one character. Very and before, exciting. Yeah, before we got a match with Brody Lee, his in ring debut for AW, we seen a recap of him last week being revealed as the exalted one yeah which led into another like video Vignette. where he's eating a steak with the beaver boys with, with, the, <laughs> with the beavers with uh, alex reynolds and uh john silver and they're just sitting there like silent and he is like kind of like talking down to them and then well, he was he was just yeah he was yeah he was talking down to them but he was kind of reinforcing what Dark Order meant. Yeah, this is like the new Dark Order, and why don't you guys understand? You guys don't understand, and he... Which I thought was a little interesting. If you really nitpick his words, saying the new Dark Order, well, how is it new? Because you arrived, but you've been the Exalted One since the beginning, right? Yeah. So that also made me... It made me very intrigued, because I'm like, this Exalted One has been announced long in advance, and I'm really curious if Brody Lee was the number one choice. I don't think he was, but... That's what I'm thinking. I don't think so either, I'll tell you this. Just because he's the exalted one, and I don't know if this is fantasy booking, I don't know if this is just off the wall, just because he's the exalted one doesn't mean he's the leader, right? He's just the chosen one. Now, I don't know if there's, like, another person that he answers to, I think... I don't think so. I don't don't think so. I don't know, Uh, That'd be reaching. Hey, who knows? But all I know is, he's talking down to the Beavers, and (laughs) John Silver is... Angry Beavers. What's called trying to eat his uh, dinner too, and then Brody Very Lee is all like, "Hey, what are you doing? Did I finish eating? No, you eat after me." And then he kicked John Silver's out, and then he is talking now to Alex Reynolds, who sneezes, the, uh, and then he freaking flips out and kicks him out. Would you like to tell people who didn't catch it the significance of the sneeze? Yeah, the significance of the sneeze <laughs> is funny. Miss McMahon. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply thinks that you're 
inferior as a human being if you sneeze. He hates sneezing. No, no, no. Tell the story in Vince McMahon's voice. God damn it! <laughs> Here's the thing, right? One time he sneezed and he got mad at himself. Like, but, I'm not supposed no, no, to no, sneeze. No, but it's in... A production meeting. Production meeting. He had a yeah. production meeting. And this is like numerous occasions. Like Bruce Pritchard would say, if someone sneezes in a production meeting, he will kick them out. He'd flip out. Even when he sneezes, it's like, he gets mad at himself. Like, I'm not supposed to sneeze. I'm Vince McMahon. God damn it. Like, sneeze. Sneezing's below me. Like, He's got a god complex. <laughs> so, we see, yeah, we seen the shot at Vince McMahon last week when he said, You're exactly. not the first old man, out of touch old man to yeah. not see potential in me or whatever, or not believe in me. Yeah. So, He's definitely taking more shots at Vince. I don't know if he's going to continue wearing the suit, if he's going to start strutting like Vince. If <laughs> I don't he's, think so. he's going to have the exalted ones kiss his ass. I don't know. <laughs> the exalted but, kiss my ass club. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, anyway, it's showing more of the character of Brody Lee, something that we didn't get in WWE. We didn't get much character development. He was always behind Bray. You know, speaking of, of that and you saying his name right now, that was something that a little that irked me about Cody because he kept saying like, "Oh, I know him by another name. I know him by another name. No, I know him by." Like, he said it three times, but yeah, we all know. Like, like keep the WWE thing behind. Like, this is Brody Lee. This is who he was before on the mm-hmm. Indies, and this is who he is now. So it doesn't matter what anybody knows his name as prior to this. Or we knew you by another name. What happened to your last yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Like, you still can't go by it, right? Yeah, so like, shut up. <laughs> come on. So I, that that was the thing that to sort of irked me is that yeah. uh, you say it once, fine. You understand twice, okay. Three times, you're, you're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Three strikes, you're out, Cody, all right? I, I, I got to pull the button on this one. Definitely. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought this was a, a pretty cool vignette um, because it did show more of his character and his personality. I thought it was very well done by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like this side, which is something that I did not get to see. Well, none of us got to see in the WWE. Like You mentioned it. It's hard when you have Bray Wyatt as yeah. the front and center and... You're not gonna Wyatt. have yeah. You're not gonna have much promo time when you have one of the best talkers. Exactly, as he's the phenomenal. Of your group. So you know it, it, it's it's gonna be a struggle there. But um, yeah, I mean this really opened my eyes uh, from last week to this week. You know, this is a guy that I could say okay, I I, I like this maneuver just from a stature standpoint and just for his in ring ability, but now also for his talking ability and the vignettes because that builds story and that builds character and like we mentioned, you know. It, earlier about you know character mm-hmm. that's everything that's everything and AEW has a lot of character exactly the, the show itself is a character yeah like, you said that yeah the show itself like is you one mentioned it's character. like it's like pulled down the curtain more laid back that's a whole character to yeah. the show yeah now we got his in-ring debut also so we had three segments back to back to back with Brody Lee his in-ring debut was against QT Marshall and he just basically showcased what he could do. That's what I was going to say. This was it was a, showcase. a good showcase for him. And it wasn't against a no-namer. He was showcasing himself against somebody that we've seen and have been impressed with in the past. So it was even more impactful, I feel like. And he beat him with ease. He hit all his like finishing signature moves and definitely showed why he's going I, to be a force. I absolutely love that... Uh, um that big boot that he does. Yeah, it's very unique. Yeah, I was pointing it out that typically for a big boot... Um, you know, you just basically hold your posture, your 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 weight is just going to be centered, and you just stand there, and you put up your boot, and the guy runs towards you. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not with Brody Lee. No, Brody Lee will bring Brody it all Lee the way back. Brody Lee will bring it all the way back, and he puts his weight so forward that he pulls a Kaepernick and takes a knee. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, that that is some powerful shit, especially mm-hmm. from a big guy his size. Love it. I, lo- I Like I yeah. said, I'm, I'm a fan of strong style, so when anybody hits hard, I fucking love it. 
Yeah, and Brody Lee's discus clothesline is one of the hardest clotheslines I've seen. Exactly. Now, he's very reminiscent of JBL, Stan Hansen, yes. uh, Kenta Kabashi with his lariats. So, yeah, if you love strong style, this yeah, is the guy exactly. for you. Exactly. And I think you mentioned it, that like you're just like so happy for him because yeah. it's just like a moxie situation. There's another guy, like also with Matt Hardy, just another yes, guy yes. where you could just see like the shackles are off. Like he yes. could be free. <laughs> like, he, he could be free. And I think that that's another character for AEW's like overall show is freedom for everyone who felt like they've been held back by bad creative or by no one seeing potential in them, like, here, you could be you. And I think that's going to have a better product because when the wrestlers are happy, when they feel that sense of, like, I matter here, you're going to see more, I guess, passion out of them. Yeah, it was it was really weird because um, I was watching that match and, you know, I was impressed. But for a second, I kind of stepped away as a fan and it was more of on a personal level because freedom really resonates highly with me. I really love... Um, freedom and, and being able to be yourself and and live to your your fullest potential and when you're being held back i know how that feels like in life and so for a moment it's, it's sort of like i kind of stepped away from being a fan and just on a personal level like i was just very happy for the man um you know it, it, he's able to be himself he's able to kind of step into the light and come into this this big role and yeah i was just genuinely happy at, like for another human being and yeah. not even as like a fucking fan like i was just like good for him and say that like we said with moxley you know we saw when he won uh the title of revolution just so happy he was elated and and yeah. that speech was just kind of mumbled like he, you know it wasn't it wasn't scripted it was just from the heart it was yeah. like he just was so fucking happy to break those chains off, you mm-hmm. know? And it's really sad when you see some of these talents and then you see what they can do outside, outside of the yeah. WWE and it's just like, wow, you know? I think I mentioned it last week and, you know, you're my witness. I know throughout the years I've been telling you, a lot of my friends, I always said, like, I'm going to say yes. the name yes, that we have. knew him by. Like, Luke <laughs> Harper was a guy yes. who I'm like, yo, this guy is the breakout star. This guy's going to be a star. I, this guy's I, going to be a champion. This guy's... And we never got that. And when he broke up, well, the Wyatt family broke up for a little bit and he became the Intercontinental Champion for a little bit. And I'm like, now's the time. And he had a ladder match with Dolph Ziggler where people look at it as like top like five greatest ladder matches, like for a one-on-one match. And like, it was amazing. So I'm like, this is the guy. And then it was like a Cesaro situation where you keep on, like you start, stop, start, stop, start, stop to the point where... No one cares anymore because you stopped so much, you know? You know what? I'll totally attest to your story because it was actually you that really opened up my eyes to his uh, capabilities. Because I, I liked the Wyatt family. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a phenomenal uh, run. But I didn't see anything spectacular um, from uh, him and Eric Rowan. I just thought that they were really good. They put on great matches. They've had great matches with The Shield that I absolutely loved. Um, but when you pointed out Luke Harper individually and, and you kept singing his praises and you're like, you know, watch out for this guy. Like, yeah. you know, he has that potential and that he's going to break out. Um, you started making me see him from a different perspective. And I, I started watching his matches a little bit more closely. And I said, wow, okay. Yeah. Now I, I, I see it. I, I get it. Um, I just didn't know his, um, his mic capabilities. And I, that's what we're seeing now. Yeah. And, neither did I. Cause and, we didn't and get and to really see it. And that's what I was saying. I think that's what really opened up my eyes. And I, and I was thinking like, Hey, like, here's a guy that could have spent his whole career in WWE, and we may never see this side of him. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame. Like, that's a fucking robbery to the fans. Yeah. Like, when you're not able to give 
the world your gifts, that's a fucking robbery right there. Mm-hmm. So that's well, what why. What was the line from the Bronx Tale? Uh, wasted talent, right? Wasted potential, wasted. yeah, it's a saddest state. Yeah, 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 something like that, right? Right, yeah. And, nothing and, sadder than wasted talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing sadder than, than, than wasted, uh, yeah, wasted talent or wasted potential, something like that. But, um, yeah, that, that's how I felt. And that's why I, it really opened up my eyes. And I said, you know, here's a guy that really didn't get much my time like that. And when I saw him do the vignette, when I saw him cut the promo, and then even the way he finished the match, right? Like a fucking professional, he knew exactly where that camera was. He makes the makes the, the three count, and he gives that fucking dead that, yeah. stare. Like it, it looked like he that was thousand mile like, stare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, oh, that was that was great. Thousand mile stare, like almost sort of like a deer in the headlights, but just I don't know, like serial killer. Like yeah, there's you know? something about him where even back in the day in like Chikara and in Ring of Honor when he was in the Age of the Fall, like there was something about him where it was like. This guy could, he seems the type where he'll just pull out a chainsaw and like start that, massacring everyone you know, if he had to, you he, know? You know, he's from the Rochester area, and he's like that backwoods guy, yeah. you know, that next door neighbor, but, like, everybody's going missing in the neighborhood, that, so. That's why the Y family was very, like, close to probably, like, the character he was really trying to portray even before then. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I'm man. just so glad for him. I'm really happy, and I really think that this is a guy who could take it to the next level. Especially now that he has like the army behind him, yeah, I could see him definitely being a top contender. Oh, without a doubt. That's I, I feel like that's going to be coming very shortly. And him and Moxley have a lot of history with yes. each other. Death matches from CZW where they were pulling out Going insane back. stuff. So I'm talking... Never mind everything that they did at WWE. Yeah, like yeah, I just the said, the Shield versus the Shield. Fucking phenomenal. So if they even want to go that route, like we are at some in point, store for at, at a some lot point, of good matches. It's bound to happen. Definitely. Now, talk Speaking about good, good matches. matches yeah. <laughs> Segue there. Oh, Speaking good of good matches, maybe even great. Oh, yeah. By we far, had a great match. a AAA Mega Champion title defense by Kenny Omega against Sammy Gravara. Really here. cool, by the way. Yes. Really fucking cool. Shouts to AAA for allowing this to happen. On yes. Not only in the States, not only on another promotion, but for a show with no people there. Yes. So that shows a lot of faith in their partnership with AEW. And a lot of faith in their champion, Kenny Omega. Now, I mentioned to you that Sammy Guevara is not only a wrestler in AEW, he's also one of the top contenders and rising he's, stars in he, AAA. He had a, a long history in AAA. He's been wrestling yeah, for there for years. For a while, yeah. yeah. He, he's somebody that Conan definitely saw a lot in, yes. in the indies and wanted him in AAA and really is pushing him as a star. So it wasn't like it was like a random title defense. It was actually believable that Sammy might win this, not only for the fact that he works for AAA, not only for the fact that he's also in a feud with the elite, it all ties in. It was like the perfect storm. Oh, but that's also, what I was say. Yes. also, I in my the back of my head, I'm thinking most of the time these foreigners who come in and win a belt that are just from partnerships, they don't hold the title for long. And Kenny yeah. held the title for a while, so I was like, this is kind of perfect to have like the inner circle screw Omega. Sammy wins the title, and now the title is actually back with a roster member, a full time roster member for AAA. So I thought that hey, we're going to see Sammy win it here. It was a great match. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you could have had Sammy win because it would be too many blows to the elite. You know, I I understand everything you just said, and yeah, that completely makes sense. But in my mind, I couldn't even go there because we saw what happened uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, Nick Jackson. Um, They also took the loss last week, even though Matt Hardy came out. Hey, they still took the loss. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. They've been losing in the exchanges with the uh, with the inner circle. Plus, they're at a deficit when it comes to blood and guts, right? Whenever that happens, they're going to be at, at the deficit. So, I don't know. If you keep on making inner circle, uh, I don't know. Like It just would have been too much, in my opinion. But, 
But nonetheless, I'm huge on Sammy G. Mm-hmm. Huge since the first time I saw him. I've, I've been a fan of this guy, and you're seeing him blossom. He is a legit entertainer. Yeah. He's not only a great wrestler, but like I said, an entertainer, which is something that I think gets gets lost. These guys that can actually entertain and that they don't care if they look foolish or silly. Like, he's making out with the fucking Brandy Carlos. Yeah. And as silly as that was, it just showed me his commitment. You understand? He was willing to do anything to 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 entertain and to keep these, these storylines and... He, you know, even when he came out and he he's uh he walks into the ring and 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 he's trying to flirt with with Brandy and then yeah. uh, Aubrey's kind of like pushing him like okay stop yeah stop now not to cut you off but just want to say that that's something else that Cody I feel like kind of messed up on because he didn't really sell it at yes, all. yes I was gonna say like, he, he should have capitalized on dude that. he's flirting with your wife and you're sitting right there watching it and you're talking about Star Trek yes it's like yes come on man like I get it like you know it's a show and whatnot but. Buddy, like sell it, man. Yeah. Fucking sell it. Especially you guys. It's not just that this is just a, a guy doing that to you, right? But this is, you know, a, a group that's like your arch rivals right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like so you would you'd hope that there'd be some sort of emotion there, and that was one of those things that did fail me. Like I was yeah. like, uh, he should have did that. Especially when he's making out with the picture, and he's all like, oh, well, not just who's that? that captain on Star Trek? And it's like, yeah, he's still trying to figure out. Which like, <laughs> come on, man. like. <laughs> Like I said, your geek is showing. Yeah, oh, it was so bad. (laughs) But even that, I mean, fuck that. Like, he went up to Brandy multiple times, and and he was trying to make a move on her. And I was like, okay, like, Cody's going to stand up, right? Or say some shout-out. Like, like, don't cross the line, man. Exactly, or come down there, you know? I don't know, maybe because of the limit of 10, he couldn't. I don't know. (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. But anyway, nonetheless, I want to get back to this match because it was just fucking phenomenal. I thought this was absolutely a great match. And, uh, you know, again, like, doesn't matter if it was an empty arena, like, we still got phenomenal wrestling. Definitely. By far to this point, match of the year. No, (laughs) No, but to be honest, though, like, Kenny Omega, first match back after the injury, hasn't missed a beat. He's been on a roll, a streak of just amazing matches. And this is just another one to the list, because you had the, the Iron Man match, First of all, he was a part of that eight-man tag match that I said, oh, this is the match of the year. Yeah. Then the Iron yeah. Man match. Then the greatest tag match I ever saw. Yeah. This match, Kenny Omega is really, I guess, hearing the comments of people saying, oh, we're not seeing the old Kenny because lately he's been putting on amazing matches showing that he still has it. I was going to point that out. I was going to point that out exactly that, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about that, you know. Oh, well, was it really Okada? You know, it was it really, you know, is it is it Kenny? Really, was it Okada? Did Okada carry the match? Yeah. Exactly. You know, I think there was no denying that he was a great wrestler, but I think people started to question his superstardom or being considered the best the bout best. machine. Yeah. 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 And exactly like you just said, is that we are seeing a string. And I don't want it to get lost on the shuffle, is he is dealing with injury. And we just talked prior, you know, about an hour ago about Aaliyah yeah. and, and that situation. And, you know, I understand she's a small, you know, female whatever but still nonetheless like here's a prime example of somebody that is going through injury and they're still putting on fucking phenomenal matches yeah we're not just talking about the damn pinky all right because even during revolution he had his shoulder all taped up from the match that he had a couple days before with pack so well that's what i'm saying he's definitely 
dealing with things. It's, it's and, more than just what you see. Yeah. Okay? Because a lot of guys, they don't want they don't want their injuries exposed or to be known yeah. because then it's going to be like, all right, the we're going to... Yeah. Well, not just that, but you start to be written off a little bit more. Now, granted, he's in a prime story, and but he might have less matches. It's going to be very weird how I'm going to compare these two. But it's like Mickey Mantle. Like, Mickey Mantle would just bandage up, put his jersey yeah. on, and go out and play. No one would know that he's... Really breaking yeah, down. Everybody knew in the locker room yeah. how it would take him hours. He had to take ice baths. I mean, his preparation was ridiculous. The Mickey Mantle of AEW. The Mickey Mantle of AEW. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I, I go that right. far, but. But yeah, definitely. He's definitely showing that. I think it definitely lit a fire under his ass. Like, oh, no, I'm not going to just let my whole legacy be thrown away. Like, I was carried yeah. to my great matches. I'm going to show I am the best wrestler in the world, which he's been showing. Yeah. And I also thought this was also another great showcase of Sammy G and why I sing his praises and why I say that this kid very soon is going to be a top star in this business. And when I say business, I don't mean AEW. I'm talking about in the wrestling world. I see a hell of a lot in Sammy G. Mm-hmm. A hell of a lot. Like I said, I made the comparison of him being a young AJ Styles but I think he's more of an entertainer than AJ. Oh, definitely at this like point in his career. Yeah, definitely a better. Once he tightens than AJ. tightens up on him as a character and him on the mic, that's the only thing I will say. Where right now AJ hasn't beat, but granted AJ has many years, and AJ wasn't phenomenal on the mic when he first yeah, started as well. Not. So there's definitely a lot of room to grow. But all I'm saying is right now uh, his potential is just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I, I just want to point out that we've seen Sammy Guevara in the match with a lot of top stars. Yes. He is definitely, well, he's always tagging with Jericho. He had matches with Cody. He had a match with Moxley. He had matches with Dustin. Not once did I ever feel like he didn't belong. Not once did I ever feel like he couldn't carry his own. Nope. He always is holding his own in those matches with these top stars who have years on him. And. That says a lot because, like, we've seen other times where it's, like, a top star or, like, a veteran versus a younger guy. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah, it looks like this is a weird matchup here. Mm-hmm. We don't see that with Sammy. I think Sammy definitely is going to be a megastar. I also want to point out that he does wrestle often. Yeah. He's on almost every show. Mm-hmm. Very rarely does he get a night off. He's very reliable. Yeah, he is. He is. He is very reliable. And he does take the losses a lot, unfortunately. But I think... It's it's the experience that's really important here. You know yeah. what I mean? We can't go by wins and losses right now. The experience and like everything you just said about the veterans that he's in there with and how he's he's staying there. You know, he's right up there, notch for notch. Um, so I'm always impressed. And this was just another another showcase um, for him. And I mean, who better, right? Who better than Kenny Omega? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we finally got this matchup because um, when I heard this was announced. I thought it was intriguing. And then never mind adding the AAA belt, which I think is fucking phenomenal. I like seeing you know other promotions kind of tie in. That's something that we don't get from WWE. Mm-hmm. So again, I love how AEW is, is truly the alternate universe of WWE. Um, Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And so this is just one of those examples. So there was just so many greatness about this match um, that I just truly enjoyed. And like I said, you know, even what Sammy was doing, you know, outside the ring and, 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 you know, being a goofball, but still nonetheless being entertaining. Yeah. And I think that will go very far for him. And I, I, you know what? I'll give a lot of credit to Jericho. I know Jericho influences instrumentable. Um, I hope I said that word right. <laughs> I pulled out so many big words tonight. Um, we've, we, you know, we talked his praises in the past. Yeah. Um, and I know <laughs> that when it comes to showmanship and entertainment, I mean, come on again, who better than Jericho, right? Exactly. So I'm sure a lot of those things was his idea, probably the fucking faces on the, on the chairs and whatnot. Sammy did the things with the sign. So it, it made perfect sense. It fits perfectly. And exactly, you know, we saw, we saw Sammy first coming out with a fucking panda head on, on him. And now we're starting to see a whole different character, yeah. right? Coincidence. He aligns himself with the inner circle, with Jericho. And we see this evolution of a character. Now, Not just a great wrestler. Yes. Now, talking of Jericho. Yes. Talk of Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> but Give him yeah. a free shout out there. Shouts to the podcast. No. So yeah, talking of Jericho, we end the show with a verbal, I guess, duel. Between, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> between the champion and with broken, broken Yeah, with... with Damascus. <laughs> yes. Now, we've seen that Matt Hardy has supernatural powers here. Oh, I love it. Love he started it. out in like the triple deck area and then starts transporting throughout the You arena. know, I just wanted to mention that when I first saw him up, up up top, I was like, wait a minute, isn't this supposed to be face-to-face? Does he have a mic up there? That's why I was like, oh my god, it's going to take him forever to get down. I was like, what the fuck? I thought maybe it was going to be a back and forth from Jericho down in the ring yeah. and Matt Hardy. Yeah, which I was yeah. not going to be too keen on. Like, yeah. really? Dude, they said face-to-face. But this was right. fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of traditionalists are probably going to look at this and be like, oh, this is too hokey. This is too out uh, there. But you yeah. know what? Wrestling has always been about suspending your disbelief. Or, sus- I don't know if I said that right, but yeah. I'm not saying anything right. Yeah, guys, come on. But, <laughs> y'all already know. So, if you know the Broken Universe, this is right out of Matt Hardy's playbook. Yeah. we We've seen him do a lot... Worse than transport his body. So, I I love this. I love that they keep on uh, integrating. Integrating. Integrating, whatever. Uh, Vanguard 1 into the story. Showing uh, that Vanguard and the other broken family members are here. So, I'm sure soon we're going to see Queen Rebecca, King Maxwell, 
uh, Senor Benjamin? R- real quick, two things. One, I, I just want I just want to let everybody know that's listening that we just watched four hours of wrestling and it's yeah. currently one forty seven uh, Eastern time. Yeah, we're so doing this right after. Excuse guys. the fucking you know the 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 language and speech here. Yeah, it's not going to be to uh, to Webster's probably his uh, standards. Right. So we're doing our best here. Right. It's been a, it's been a long day and a lot of wrestling. Another thing I I did want to say um, about your mentioning about spending your disbelief. Right. Now here's the deal. In in as a writer and specifically as a screenwriter, but writing in general is. You want to give, um, you create a world, right? And then you want to stay within the parameters of that world. Using that as an example with Matt Hardy, he already built this idea, this world, right? The same way as WWE has done with Braun Strowman. But that's another situation I'm Mm -hmm. not really keen on. But he kind of already established these powers, per se, right? So... I feel like you just you, you you take it for face value. You take it for what it is that this has already been established, and these are the parameters. And he's just moving within those parameters. So I, personally, as as a as a tough critic, and I am, I'm very I, I critique a lot of things. I have a very critical mind, and I also am a realist. I like things to be as real as possible. But when, like I said, with story writing, like I'm totally fine with this. Is awesome. And, you know, if you're a traditionalist, I get it and whatnot. But guess what? Most of the stuff was bullshit as well. Yeah. All right? A lot of the stuff back in the day was was bullshit. So, come on. Like, you just get with the times and you just take it for, for what it is. Now, if you tell me that Matt Hardy was just regular Matt Hardy and then one day he starts doing these magic acts, well, then that's a little fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. This. Exactly. But I'm sure... Everyone... Know, it This went viral. It's been on TMZ. Everyone knows the broken universe. Yeah. And I am just so happy to see it back because it was Fuck something. Yeah. It was something that I was extremely huge on. I was a huge fan of it in TNA, and we didn't get it to its full potential in WWE. We got oh, we got Woken Matt Hardy, and Woken Matt Hardy was not broken. Matt Hardy. It seemed half pregnant. That's what it was. Definitely, it was definitely a half pregnant thing where they weren't because all in on. And he he mentioned in the uh, Jericho interview that he had on Jericho's podcast this past week that Vince McMahon never got it. That's why. So it was like having to pull teeth just to get some of the things passed just for like some of the segments. And then once he did something that Vince McMahon liked, it was like, we got to do it a thousand times. Like, you know, beating a dead horse. We were going to keep on putting out there. Like when he was like doing the laugh, like, ha, 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 ha. It was like, all right, now every time you talk laugh and we're going to play it on YouTube. Remember they had like 10 hours of oh, Matt Hardy man. laughing. Yes, I WWE remember is the one who put that out. So it's like <sighs> Vince looked at the little things that was not too much of the character it said oh that's it that's i get it now and matt hardy was like pulling teeth like no but it could be this whole universe and this i could help out some of the other guys whatever i'm glad that like we said about brody like we said about moxley we're going to get a free broken matt hardy here um and i am just so excited because we I, know what he could do. exactly i was a huge fan of it mm-hmm. um during his run in impact and then unfortunately that kind of died out i was excited when he went to we to an extent but I sort of, I knew the writing was on the wall. I felt it. I just didn't think that this was something that they were going to be able to do and do to his full potential. I know how the old man is and yeah. it is what it is. So now I'm glad in a, in a company that is really free range. And I do believe that there is some really good minds there. Um, you know, I'll say certain things about certain segments or, you know, about Cody and whatnot. But I think the brain trust 
they're they're really good and with the story writing so i am just fucking ecstatic especially they already showed that they've already taken that lucha underground um a path yeah, the with, the, with the cinematic vignettes like i can only imagine what they're gonna do with this now i just hope that he continues to add different layers he's had a long time and i trust in him that he knows how to recreate himself so we we're, we're I don't. I don't think we should expect the same things we got in the past from Impact. Yeah, and we're not. Not to cut you off, but we're not because, as he explained tonight, and as it's better explained on the Free the Delete uh, web show that he has, he used to be possessed by yeah, a spirit yeah. and uh, essence called Zenith, and Zenith has been ripped out of him. And by that happening, Matt Hardy died. The Young Bucks or the Bucks of Youth. Bucks of Youth. Yes, please. The say Bucks right. of Youth helped revive Matt Hardy, and when Matt Hardy was revived. The spirit of Damascus has <laughs> now taken over his vessel. So now Damascus is not a friendly essence like or a funny, humorous essence like Zenith was. Damascus is more cutthroat. Damascus is more darker. So we're going he, to have a much more darker version of Matt Hardy. He, 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 there was a moment. I, That's I don't where want, the red streak came from. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't remember the specific words, but when he talked about um, something about pain and um, destruction and he said that, you know, that's something that he was, I guess, well acquainted with and for 3,000 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and something that I mentioned to you is this all is coming from his head. And, like, it's so intricate. Like, this is... You know what? There's no, like, question about it. This is the most intricate wrestling character of all time. He has a yeah. whole Shakespearean story that he came up with that creates this whole character that when you hear him babbling about... <laughs> Because he was blinking in the front No, but not only that, but when he's like explaining the character to Jericho on the podcast, he's like, oh, sorry, what happened is I got possessed by Zenith, and Zenith was in Impact Wrestling, and I'm blah, 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 and now Zenith has left my vessel, so now I've been possessed by Damascus. And Jericho said, I don't even know what to say. Like, (laughs) he went on for like three minutes talking about his uh, body being possessed by these spirits that's been there for thousands and thousands of years. Like, to come up with this thing, this is the most intricate character in wrestling. And to think that this all started with him hurting his back against uh, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. like that's Jeff so... broke him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How that whole thing started, right? Give him some time off, and so the setback. You know, it's funny. Yeah. And then you get the comeback, and it's just so much larger mm-hmm. than that that little setback. So this is just a phenomenal fucking story, and yeah. then his whole character and his whole career. This is a really great fucking story. And I'm just glad that, you know, we're going to see it. And, and I think we're going to see it at its peak. I think Definitely. that we're going to get more than what we got before. Yeah, and I am just so glad that we're seeing it just for the fact that Impact Wrestling had it. And we've seen what it could be because it was the greatest thing on Impact. And then it goes to WWE. And I know he does want to end his career in WWE. He wants to be a Hall of Famer. I know that he wasn't going to be able to have this type of freedom in WWE. So the fact that we get to see this shows that, all right, it didn't peak at Impact Wrestling. It's going to be here. We're going to see more freedom. Because I think that even though he was getting freedom in Impact, I think that there was still, like, some guidelines or some, like, things that he couldn't do. So even though they were, like, giving him the whole show sometimes, there was still, like, some definite, like, lines that he couldn't cross, where now I feel like... AEW crosses the line every week. Let's, yeah. let's just go full force with this. So, I love this. I love this segment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's great. I mean, just both of them. They're two, you know... Talk about intricate characters. Like, yeah. Two top entertainers. I loved it. And they're just battling wits and, 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 and cleverness and going back and forth. And it was just fucking great. I mean, first off, 
let me let me just say it started off great with fucking Jericho cutting a promo on on Vanguard One and talking about yeah. how he doesn't he doesn't like his beliefs and his political views his on political Instagram. views exactly like this is honestly this is, it was that moment that I said this is like a WCW moment you yeah. know what I mean Jericho is cutting a promo on a fucking inanimate object this yeah. is fucking phenomenal <laughs> so I just I and only Jericho it. can make that work. That's what I'm saying. Very few guys can really make that work. You have to be a true entertainer. You know what I mean? And you got to be all in and believe and just go for it. And that's exactly what we got from both these guys. You know what I mean? If you don't believe it, then how do you expect me to believe it? And these are two guys that totally believe in their character and believe in the words that they're saying. And it was just fucking beautiful. It was beautiful. I just want to say, growing up, watching wrestling for my whole life, never in a million years would I think that a network television wrestling show... The main attraction on that show would still be Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy. I know. And you right? know what? I'm not complaining because it was phenomenal. Yeah. This whole show, in my opinion, another thumbs up, a really good show. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. This was a really good show. And, and uh, for my final thoughts, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Um, I'm just so glad that we're still able to get wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what next week is going to bring. Laws are constantly changing. Things are, I don't know, topsy-turvy. But we got to live it one day at a time, and, and today was a good day. It was definitely a good day for wrestling. We got shows from, from both uh, companies, and we had good shows. Definitely, definitely good shows, and, and this was a really good show. And, and for AEW, I wanted to point out that I really loved um, their incorporation of the vignettes. And this is things that I've been saying. I want to see NXT do more. All it takes is 30 seconds to a minute. To give me some cinematic uh, um, showcase of your character, of a feud, something. And we saw that with Darby Allen's vignette, which I'm, I'm, I love. Because mm-hmm. they're very different. And that's the thing, too. I love that they're different. So we get this Darby Allen, uh, Darby Allen vignette you know, with the black and white. And the inner circle mask. And him still talking about Kip Sabian. And he ties it all in. We got a, a great vignette by Jake the Snake. I mean, mm-hmm. who the fuck better... Than, than Jake the Snake to talk and the angles that they gave and with the fire and it was just it was great and then we, we talked about Brody Lee's vignette yeah so now's the perfect time to do those things because you don't you don't have so many wrestlers on the roster that you can you have in these matches things to take up time yeah. you need things to take up time so this is why I'm saying like WWE instead of giving me you know clips of you know 2012 or, or, or 2017 Give me five minutes. Give me five minute clips. Can you do something? All it takes is a back room. Look at, I mean, that Brody Lee thing, it wasn't really in a fucking office or, or in, a, in a restaurant. There were two curtains, okay? And, like, you could be creative. And then there, there's like, there needs to be a balance because then NXT does a full show of it and it's like... No, like but that's not down. the same. That, like I said... No, that, it was a lot of character develop, character growth and storyline growing with learning the backstories the, of everything. In their eyes of... of, of character development it's really just reliving and rehashing the past ultimately that's what it was yeah so i just want to say like kudos to aw because i love this you know it it, it's phenomenal and their production it it was great and it adds to it adds to to the show ready show of the week we weren't able to do this last week so (laughs) no we have to bring back that segment ready (laughs) oh god (laughs) all right save the dramatics all right AEW this week for me. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Definitely the more, I guess, well-rounded show. It was a wrestling show. 
where once again NXT was a show with good wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like I said, there was there was some points like they could have done better. Mm-hmm. You know, Cody in his mouth, but yeah. ultimately it was still it was a, it was a really good show. I also like the fact that they added the aspect of an AW. I mean, add the aspect of the the um, backstage. Yeah, and uh, you know they're always um, doing something. Yeah. Last week was the uh, the fan. I mean. The wrestlers in the crowd, this week they had the wrestlers backstage, so they're always doing something to incorporate some noise during the match, or yep. just incorporate something to make you forget that there's nobody there. And once again, like watching, and even for NXT to an extent too, watching these shows, there's points where I really forgot that there was no one there. So that's a kudos yeah. to both of them. So I'm definitely, well, I don't want to say I'm looking forward to next week. I'm hoping that we have a, a show next week for both shows. But I'm going to put it out there. I'm yeah, have good faith that I definitely think around. we will. They're, hopefully so. They keep on showing that they find ways to give a show. So yeah. hopefully they'll continue to have ways to give shows. Yep. So guys, stay strong, stay safe, stay positive. Keep Don't... sticking with us, guys. Yes. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.